It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Welcome to Lighthouse Bay Podcast, where we are moving forward in truth and love. I'm Lauren Green, Chief Religion Correspondent for Fox News Channel and author of the book Lighthouse Faith. You know, as Disney becomes embroiled in the culture wars and political battles, you know, parents and other people may just be looking for a wholesome entertainment alternative this summer. And may I suggest the Logos Theater? Um, I first encountered uh, their young actors and the staff at the Museum of the Bible, where they'll be performing over the summer. Uh, Logos, or Logos, I'm not actually quite sure how it's pronounced, but I pronounce it Logos, and we'll get the word from them, is a theological term meaning the Word of God. In John's Gospel, when it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. In the Greek, Logos, it's Logos, and it means more than a word. I mean, it's, it means the Logos became flesh and dwelt among us. It is in the Oxford Dictionary, the, the, the definition is called a principle of divine reason and creative order, identified in the Gospel of John with the second person of the Trinity incarnate in Jesus Christ. Now, um, you can begin to understand what the Logos Theater then is all about. It was founded by the Academy of Arts in 2006 with the express purpose of impacting our culture for Christ through the powerful medium of storytelling on stage. And if you saw the story I did for Fox and Friends on the Museum of the Bible, you would have seen one of the incredible puppets of the Logos Theater. It was Aslan, the lion who represents Christ in C.S. Lewis's The Chronicles of Narnia. Now, here to talk more about the Logos Theater, the Academy of Arts, and the Christian Conservatory are Justin Swain. He's the Logos puppet master. And Nicole Stratton, she is the artistic director. Welcome to you both. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're excited to be with you. I am just so excited because I remember when we walked into the Museum of the Bible and we restarted to shoot and then saw this incredible presence of this puppet, Aslan, Mm -hmm. and then the horse as well, which is part of uh, the show A Horse and a Boy, A Horse and His Boy. Um, It's just mind-boggling how there's so much creativity in this theater. I mean, are you mind boggled by it? Because I certainly was. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But I will say, I mean, we serve the creator. So I think it's only fitting that everything that you see that we produce would have creativity, right? And I think your intro really points to the reason why, you know, that that design or creation, but coming from thoughts, the true thoughts of who Christ is, the word dwelling among us. And as you meditate on truth, it brings out creativity. And that's what we've seen. I mean, these guys are anointed for this kind of thing and the kind of puppets that you're witnessing, like you said, they have a presence to them and it's it's amazing to see the impact they make. Yeah, these puppets are, are not just, you know, puppet puppets. I mean, this is, I've never seen anything as incredible, even on Broadway. I mean, I've, I've seen The Lion King several, several times, and nothing in The Lion King compares to what those puppets are that you create. Do you understand that? That is very encouraging, especially like you said, of who he represents, um, the Lion of the Tribe of Judah. We're, what we're trying to do is be true to what Lewis was trying to weave into his book. So 
Thank you for that. That's really encouraging. I know for us, we we feel that with the puppets, but to have someone who's never seen them before really have that experience is is really you know encouraging. Yeah, and for me, being in that world of knowing what all is out there, oftentimes you're trying not to compare yourself to other people and their work. But it's always encouraging whenever people have a first encounter with us. That it's always. Um, a mind-blowing experience or deeply touching. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I'm excited Go ahead. the show. I know you're coming, but when you see him act with the kids, it is so touching. It's powerful. And even the voice that we have with it, that is, it just is um, actually our founder of the ministry, the entire ministry, the Academy of Arts. He is the voice of the line that you were mentioning. Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. you come together in the live performance, it really is just powerful beyond imagination well i can't wait to see it i told i mean i have tickets for this uh this summer uh for my birthday it's a birthday to me uh, actually it's my husband's birthday to me but i i say that um but the, this is a family affair um of the logos theater and nicole you're 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 the daughter of the academy's founders and you're married to the mm-hmm. president of the academy of arts president uh noah stratton and justin your wife jen is is chief marketing officer right i mean this is really a family affair Yep, all, all of us are all connected here. Most of us have actually found our spouses through the ministry. Um, all of our kids get to be on site with us. We're raising them up and homeschooling them and teaching them. So they're all, everybody's all in it all together. It's a full family affair. And the fact with really what, I mean, even how Noah, my husband, came into the ministry, it's not like everybody's just been in the ministry forever. He came from another place, another school. He visited, he came to actually audition to lead one of our drama teams, and he just saw the amount of discipleship that was going on here, the heart behind it, it you know, resonated with his heart to use the arts to reclaim the arts for Christ. And that's what brought him into the ministry. He came into the ministry saying, I'll be the janitor, I'll be whatever, to serve <laughs> And then as it went by and he, we saw that faithful heart, you know, my, my dad actually ended up wholeheartedly turning everything over to him, um, I think in 2009. Um, was when the transition kind of happened. But again, like none of us came into the ministry to be in charge or to do anything like that. We came in because the ministry changed our lives and impacted us. And then we wanted to do that for someone else. And then as you are involved in the ministry, your skills grow and then you just get more and more responsibility, really. So um, it's, it's a joy to do it. And it's, you know, the world and you know this and you're in this battle as well. But mm-hmm. as the world becomes more and more confusing, it's so important that truth is lifted up and that hope is given. Um, and I think it's going to it's refreshing. It's also, you know, it's a battle. We're in a major battle right now, and especially the, the field that we're in of the, the communicative arts and entertainment. It's it's a real battle to kind of stay true to our calling. But it's, it's a joy to do it, and it's extremely impactful on lives, and that's what gets you up every morning to keep yeah. going. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. I mean, the entertainment industry is really, and I've called this sort of, they're kind of evangelizing, really. They're evangelizing a secular kind of worldview and a lot of things that are certainly not um, aligned with God's will. But they are evangelizing this, and this is what's really scary because they're so influential. Um, yeah. And when they couple it, when they're evangelizing through the arts, how much more powerful is it? Because as you sit down to watch a show or see a movie, your mind is not thinking analytically. Your mind is not thinking critically. A lot of times you're just accepting these things. And sometimes they're subtle and they're coming in and they've been weaving a narrative for years that we're now seeing it be more and more obvious. But it really has been woven in through storytelling for years. And I think that's why our motto, making the Bible come alive through the power of storytelling, 
Christ used stories, he used yeah. parables, and it's a powerful medium um, to really capture minds and hearts and, you know, bring it back to truth. And truth is freeing. Our culture is trying to tell us that the truth is going to be binding and narrowing. But we're proving through our creativity what truth is is doing in our lives is making us more creative and more free. So now, yeah. Justin, you're the puppet master. What does that actually entail? <laughs> uh, it can be anything from designing puppets to building puppets. Uh, teaching people how to operate them and oftentimes operating myself or even doing like presentations. So really it's a lot of different, like if you get into the industry, there's a lot of different people that will have titles. It's all of those kind of smashed into one big, all things puppetry, funnel through me and through Nicole. And do you make the puppets as well? Yeah. So I, it's not just me. I do have a team. Um, I would never sleep and I'd be a crazy man if it was just me. <laughs> but uh, I spearhead a lot of the team efforts. But we do have some um, people that were freelancers that will have come in and work with us. But most of the people that do the puppets, we're all on staff here at the Academy of Arts Lucas Theater. Well, let's we only have one gentleman really that freelances on carving. And he's just been a friend of ours for years. Yeah. He's a master artist. He's retired. I think he's in his 80s. About, yeah. And yeah. Um, he's just a great friend to, to us for years. And we want him to come in and be involved because a lot of places that he worked with before are like, well, you're older, you need you know, to retire. But for us, we see great value in what he knows and he's pouring into the team right now on the carving side of things. Yeah, and even just him, uh, having been in the industry of doing so many artistic pieces to now living a retired life, it really is uh, an outlet for him to see that he can still be doing things that are kingdom building with his skills. So it's really neat to see. He always gets excited whenever we call him and help out. And, yeah, I still yeah, want to. I still want to get down there and actually see the 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 the, the workshop oh. where you make these puppets because I think it's just incredible. Um, these are oh, these are right bigger now. than life puppets. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> he said, "Give him a heads up. We'll make sure it's all." <laughs> yeah, they look good when they're finished, but the process can be a bit. Um, daunting and overwhelming There's stuff <laughs> everywhere and sparks and blue but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> well i have to tell people because you can't I mean, we're going to bring a puppet in um so i can see it but um people who are listening probably can't see it but um if they watch a video that's going to accompany a lot of this um they can see the puppets but these are bigger than life puppets this is not just these hand puppets that you see you know you can operate you know behind a a small stage and curtain. The, yeah, right. This is not about hand puppets. These are larger than life. In fact, at the Museum of the Bible, both the horse and the lion took three people to operate each, right? Yes, absolutely right. And that is one neat fact about Aslan and who he represents of having those three separate people that are used to bring him to life. And every time I start with a new team and we're training them, it's always neat to kind of unpack that of where you have now, some people have a hard time wrapping their mind around the Trinity. You've got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. How are they all one? They're different. When you look at Aslan, he's got a head and a heart and a hind puppeteer, and yet all three of these guys have to work together with chemistry and unison to help bring the character of Aslan to life. So, fun little yeah. fact there. But yes, three people for most of our large puppets, just for the need of having two back legs to operate, two front legs and a head. And, it, and I think it's been difficult for us even emerging into this space to explain to people who are of faith that that people can be writing to this level of professionalism, producing puppetry of this level outside of the industry. There are mm -hmm. more, they're afraid because when they hear puppet or they hear it's a Christian show, they're like, oh no, it might not be as professional. Mm -hmm. And we're we're fighting a battle here of not only on one side but on the other. So the more Christians can come out, support this, and then see that we as believers should be hitting that level right. of professionalism and really challenging even levels that have already been set. 
Um, that's important to us. We do not want people walking away going, well, it was a great message, but the quality of production was, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, that, oh, the quality of production was excellent, but the message is, uh, mm-hmm. is, is fine. I want to ask you, I want to ask you, um, uh, Nicole, like how I want to back up here because how did it all get started? I mean, it's really fairly young. I mean, it's 2006, right? So that's less than a decade. No. Is that less than a decade? Yeah, that's no, it's less than 20 years. Um, I, my math is bad, but <laughs> but I mean, 2006 is still is 2006 is still pretty recent in terms of creating an organization to achieve what you've achieved so far. Well, really, we are not. That really can't be said as far as us developing it in 2026. It, we launched the Logos Theater then, but our ministry had been going since 1971. Mm. So we're really stepping on the stepping stones of the people before us who laid the foundation of of script integrity and artistic integrity, biblical integrity, just, and we're willing to be stepping stones for us to be able to then launch into the next phase, which was taking it to a whole new level, which was Logos Theater. We, we started in 1971. My parents started the ministry before they had children, and it was fully a function of a traveling ministry that went around the country, which we still do. We still do productions all over the country. We'll come in with light sets, costumes, props. We teach the, the community people there and produce a full-scale production with them. Um, but then, and those are all our own productions we've written. Where Lewis came into the into the mix was we had been doing that. We had established Logos Theater. And if you can imagine in a Christian nonprofit, you don't have tons and tons of funding. And we were in a meeting saying, how do we get the word out about what we're doing? How do we, you know, explain to people our Joseph is different from Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat yeah. or different things and get them to come in and buy tickets. Once they would buy it and see it, they were sold on it, but it was getting them in the door. So someone mentioned, why don't we do the Lewis series? I kind of cringed because I had said I would never direct the Lewis series. Um, <laughs> Or out of respect, really, to Lewis, I did not want to do it if it was not going to be done as as well as I we could possibly do it with excellence. I especially the character of Aslan. Mm-hmm. So I had said, "Oh, guys, I don't know about that. We really got to think." My my basic test for whether we could do it was: Can we produce an Aslan that has respect and integrity and intensity and a presence to him? So we began to look at it. Our technical director at that point, Ken Hines. Um, he said, yes, we can do large theatrical puppetry. We have been doing a lot of different types of puppetry, but hadn't emerged into that scene yet. So really in that time when we emerged, but our ministry has been going on for a long time. So that said, it really took off. We did not expect what happened to have happened. We didn't get into this to be like, we're the people bringing you Lewis. We were getting into this to really um, expose our ministry to people even better without having to explain to you what our show is. Um, and then we got nominated to represent the United States and the Fringe Festival in Scotland. Mm. Uh, and we decided we didn't want to spend that much time and effort, money going to Scotland and do something that would kind of get lost in the millions of people that are there. So we decided to take Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe which we made our lion and then shipped him over to Scotland. <laughs> And he performed over there. He walked up the Royal Mile. It was fantastic. At that point, Justin, I think we both knew that the Lord was doing something that was way bigger than what we realized. Um, 
From that point on, we said, okay, we did language in the wardrobe, we performed it in Scotland, we had done the European script that they have, which is still a good script. Yeah. There's not a great script available in the United States, sadly, for that right now. But we looked into Caspian and said, is there a script for Caspian? There was no script. So mm -hmm. I, I did my own, but through that process, I met Douglas Gresham, who runs the C.S. Lewis company. And Douglas and Gresham, by the way, is C.S. Lewis's stepson, I believe, right? Yes. Yeah. He is his stepson, the last real living relative of, of Lewis, and he has really been the spearheader behind protecting these books and advancing them and holding to truth with it comes to what Lewis wrote. So he, I met him through that process, and we really had a great time working on the script. He basically just encouraged me, showed me ways to do some of my ideas as far as getting through the gatekeepers. Um, and we got it approved, he loved it, and he was dropping hints the whole time of like, I'd love to see this. No one in the world had ever put Caspian on the stage professionally. <laughs> we found out why once we did it. Um, <laughs> not why everybody was shying away from doing it professionally, so. Um, but, fools rush in, we're angels spirit of shred, I guess. <laughs> so here, I, I'm up late at night because we have different time, you know, uh, Okay. time zones thank you and my i said to my husband i think he wants to come i'm not sure but i think he wants to be here should i invite him and noah said well all you can do is say no so i invited him would you like to come to the world premiere and he was like i was really hoping you would ask i've never <laughs> missed the world premiere so we worked it out and he came over for a week actually from malta he flew over from the island of malta where he lives with his wife and he promoted the show for a week for us. He was so gracious. He went on radio, on TV, he did, he went to colleges, he did personal events. The whole time we got to hang out with him and talk to him and hear stories about Lewis, which was oh, wow. crazy. Um, and then he, at that point, was really enthralled with the horse that we had built for Caspian. He's, he is a really great um, uh, equestrian rider and, and stuff. So he loved the horse. And that's when Jess and I looked at each other and like, if we built a horse for Caspian, why couldn't we do the horse and his boy? Okay. So then we, we've launched into the next project of doing the horse and his boy, which again was a North American premiere. Only one other place in, in um, Manila had done a version of horse and his boy. So ours was a lot bigger version of horse and his boy. Our horses, we actually ride them. We're in Manila. They're kind of sitting on shoulders, which is a really creative way of doing things. They've got a really creative, creative eye. But we wanted horses that you could actually ride in the show and stuff. So that's an incredible and, thing because you realize, and I have to make sure people understand, the horse is actually a puppet. It's not. It's yeah. not a real horse. Um, we want to take a break right now on Lighthouse Faith Podcast. We'll be right back with Justin Swain and uh, Nicole Stratton um, from the Logos Theater. We'll be right back. The world of business moves fast. Stay on top of it with the Fox Business Rundown every Monday and Friday. Listen to the Fox Business Rundown starting May 20th at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And I'm back with um, Justin Swain, who's a puppet master, and Nicole Stratton, who is the artistic, artistic director of the Logos Theater. And this is a theater that's based on the idea of presenting Christ and his gospel on, in stage stories. Um, and we were talking about the, the, the puppetry, the incredible puppetry, um, life-size, bigger-than-life-size puppetry. And we are talking about Aslan, building Aslan the Lion, which is the first thing that just drew me to the Logos Theater. And one of the things that you, 
you were talking about the difference between, you know, you've got the, the, the theatrical film release of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, which, of course, has a CG uh, uh, Aslan. But one of the things right. that you miss in that film, and I'm not, you know, denigrating the film at all, because I think it was, you know, Walden Media is, is, was a faith, is a faith-based company, um, but, you know, it was a secular kind of a release. So a lot of the meaning of the lion in the film is, is lost, because you just don't see it. And I think one of the things that you saw in the puppet that you built are, first of all, the lion represents the Lion of Judah. So um, Christ is the lion um, and the lamb, but I'm the Lion of Judah. And he had the wounds of Christ on his body um, um, that he sustained on the cross. And I think that's yeah. where your theater works incredibly different from a theatrical film release. Um, and that's really the point, right? I mean, it's it, it's it's really the gospel. That's for, yeah, I feel like for me, I didn't grow up with a lot of theater exposure, and I came in ministry more from following God's leading, unless of I want to be a thespian or mm-hmm. puppet maker or anything. And as I've gotten into the world, I've come to realize that I think a lot of American culture is really not invested in theater like they are in film, and yeah. the audience and the film experience is like you're saying it's a very different approach to storytelling when you come to theatrics theatrics you can do a lot more um stylized artistic decisions that if you see that on a film it's just kind of like that's confusing why can i see the person's face that's operating whereas in theater we play a lot on the audience using their imagination to play along with us and telling that story and there's a lot of things that you can do creatively like incorporating wounds into the line that necessarily might not make sense if you see it the whole time on a film screen yet for what the puppet is representing artistically you can make a lot of decisions and statements and choices like that so yeah. it's a very different medium that i think a lot of our culture is used to and just sitting in front of a screen and watching a film as opposed to coming and experiencing a live production and if i could say to that point none of like none of us really are like theater lovers as far as like we were theater people mm-hmm. who tried to for god we're trying to follow God in our in our whole lives and in discipleship, and He has made us into communicators because He's a communicator. So it's not the other way around. So we're not trying to do theater and throw God in there. He has to be the foundational yeah. reason that then from Him comes the creative choices and all the creativity. So I think for us, as we've been in the industry now for a while, that's where we are seeing a difference. And even in our decision-making of what shows we will do, what we won't do, how we're gonna design these puppets, just all of that comes from your your truth, your understanding of the truth and why you're doing what you're doing. Um, um, one of the, you have shows um, going, I wanna get to the shows in a little bit, but I know also the Academy of Arts um, Ministries um, has other entities. You've got the Christian Conservatory. You've got Venture Films. You're actually creating a film company, or you've created a film company. Yes, and that that is something we've had now for um, several years, and we're building it, growing it. Um, it's a burden more that was on my heart. My father and mother started this ministry that primarily did things through stage. And then we were given film equipment back when I was directing on the road. I I traveled for 15 years directing productions and we filmed them then with this equipment. And what I noticed was I could even direct the audience eye even more through the camera and help some of these moments I was trying to create on stage be even more poignant through using the camera. So the Lord laid on my heart a film company, which he has not used now just for film. We've been doing short films and we're working on our first feature length film on the true life of Bruce and Sammy Fry, Brothers Twice. And it's an incredible story of their of their life. 
but it also has helped us. And we do all of our own promo videos and we're filming our shows. And imagine now having a film company amongst your ministry, it helps in, in several ways. Um, so that's been neat. The college is really important to us as far as because we are training up the next generation of Christian communicators. And that basically what is happening in that in these future years is what's called a gap program. Um, it's a one year program and we call it gap because gain a, per a perspective. Yeah. And these students come in for a year. They can choose if they want to go to puppetry. They're working right alongside these masters in puppetry. They're learning the craft. They're getting beside. They're getting their hands in there. We're teaching them, discipling them, and they're getting to do this thing. You know, after a year of doing puppetry, you might decide, I don't want to do puppetry anymore. <laughs> Or you're traveling around and performing, you know, you go, I thought it was all this glamour, but now I see how much work it is. Or you say, this is my calling. I really want to do it. So um, the program is designed to help them understand what it takes to do this, give them real hands-on training and discipleship through the learning. That's, that's really yeah, what I'm I'm really, I'm a product of that uh, program. I came straight out of high school, um, freshly having turned my life over and given it to the Lord. And again, I didn't come here because I wanted to do theatrics or puppets. I came because God used this ministry to help change my life as a part of that process. So, well, I'll go all into the ministry. And I signed up for the college program. And it was through there that I learned about puppetry. I helped build the line that was part of my student project. And it's just been a step-by-step -step process through then. For now, here I am a decade later, and I'm the puppet master that's continuing on the things that this ministry has given to me and the opportunities to learn that it's given me. And now I'm taking those and continuing to push it forward and now start training the next generation behind me. So, what does it take? What does it take? What, what kind of work does it take to actually create one of the puppets? You, I think you've got one there. I know people can't see it right now, but when, you know, we'll have pictures of it online, but but you've got a puppet there that we can take a look at. What is yeah, it? I mean, would you want to draw him in start, here? I'll start out while he's pulling him in. I mean, these guys have to first sit down with me or whoever the director is for a certain show and decide what that puppet is needed for the function. Oh my gosh, he's like 10 feet tall. <laughs> he, you know, he's, he's seeing half of them when he is on stage. Yes, he is 10 foot tall. Yeah, so right here is where the performer actually sees out of. There's a little cavity, mm -hmm. but this guy is standing on stilts. So normally this spot is about right here and then the rest of the puppet continues from there. And it's really kind of terrifying because he's almost to scale of what Goliath would have been. And I'm about around the height where David would have Whenever he's all suited up standing there, it's incredible to think of David running towards this guy to defeat him. But yes. Wow. And who is he? Who is he? Looks like almost um, he's very dark and foreboding. Yes, he's he's not a sunshine and rainbows kind of character. This is actually giant despair. We just finished doing a run of Pilgrim's Progress here at the Logos Theater. And it's just another one of those things where what's in the story that we can use puppetry to really help draw people in and elevate the moment that we're trying to portray in the story. So in that book, there's this giant despair. So let's make him giant and despairing. So there's the, the dark look and all the foreboding chains and um, the, the, the furrowed brow. All these decisions all come from reading the story and just gleaning what parts uh, are we wanting to incorporate into the story on stage. And it's, I mean, not, just, it, and it's not just how they look that is part of the puppetry, but it's going to be how they move. And I think that's what's really interesting is that you've got puppets that move like they're, oh my goodness, he's, his head is moving. That is and scary. That, that, <laughs> when a person's inside, when that person moves his head, the puppet then moves his head accordingly. And he actually can control the arms, the feet. When I first saw them giving me a demo of the puppet, 
the amount of the, some of these guys do parkour. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but they are stunts. all over fields and they do stunts and film and everything. So their abilities to do physicality kind of things and their equilibrium is very well advanced. I would not get in one of these puppets, but wow. it, it takes real training. So Justin and the guys are training these guys. When that guy got in the puppet despair, it just took me back. He was like a real person. He was running across the stage, jumping and punching and, and doing things that uh, he was showing me the flexibility of the puppet to make sure that he could functionally do everything that would be needed in the show. Um, and it was it's amazing because I watched this process where I'm part of the brainstorming with them on what all is needed for these puppets. What do they need to functionally do? And then from there, they go into uh, design work on the screen with their computers. We look at overall the look. And then from there, they're actually going into like 3D models where they, they 3D print certain things. Mm -hmm. uh, in miniature form and we're looking at how all the, the stuff goes and then they go into actually like producing the puppet full scale so you're watching it go through all these different stages and and you you asked uh, like what all goes into it it's really interesting i think it's why i like puppetry so much is because you know we have different departments that help make our productions come to life you have lighting you have costuming you have the prop department but whenever you're doing puppetry, it's a unique thing, but it actually is a combination of all the trades. You have to be equal parts costumer, um, makeup. You have to know how to do makeup for you know, making the look right. There's scenic elements that go into it as far as construction. There's, you gotta be aware of lighting. So really it's all the departments all coming together, which is really fun because oftentimes we'll pull in um, different department heads and ask them for their expertise in an area or their help. So it really is just neat to see how the whole team can unify under making these characters come to life. Yeah. These, um, this uh, character, uh, Giant Despair, um, I know that children come to see your shows. So are children really frightened by him because he's frightening me right now? It's actually really interesting. I don't know exactly in the show because I wasn't a child sitting it for the first time. But whenever we have our backstage opportunity where people can come and meet our characters, I have seen little kids be terrified of meeting a horse that looks like a normal horse just being a horse. But for some reason, when they see Giant Despair backstage without all the creepy lighting and music, they think he's the funniest, coolest guy ever. And then he'll come back and he's playing rock, paper, scissors with them and <laughs> doing fist bumps. And like the kids just love him. Like, and then might get up one. Well, he'll stand back a little bit and they're, they're keeping their healthy distance. Yeah. Them, you know, um, but I think, yeah, across the board, what it's really neat for young people to realize is if they have an artistic mind, then they or some kids have a mind for engineering and you're watching engineering and artistic minds coming together to make a certain thing um so it, it inspires the kids i think in their creativity and it also i watched the kids i was sitting in the back a lot of pilgrim's progress it's our own version of pilgrim's progress and we're watching i'm watching the kids from the back and they were riveted to this and i think for me, I was very much praying over all of those productions because our young people are facing, I think, more than ever, the giant despair. Mm. Um, and they need to see how he is defeated. Mm. And so when you're watching Hopeful and she is, it was played by a young lady and she's beautiful but fragile. And it's such a good picture of hope is, is strong but fragile and beautiful, like it's, mm. but it can easily be lost if we don't focus in on the truth. And so you see Christian, he's in an absolute despair, hopeful as speaking the scriptures to yes. him, reminding him of the promises that he's been given by the king. And um, finally, when he realizes he has the key of promise, we decided that instead of having a door to the prison, because we all know we don't sit in a prison, the prison sometimes is our mind. Right, um, right. 
And so we put the key, I don't know if you can see this, but we put a giant keyhole here, and then we designed the key of promise to be like a literal key, but it has like this really cool design of a cross and all these different things. And when he gets out of despair, he actually comes up and holds up the key and says, the promises of the Lord are forever. And they shove the key into the giant despair's chest. And wow. boom, the lighting goes, the sound goes, and the giant begins to fall down. And he actually is defeated and falls all the way to the ground. And all that's choreographed safely. <laughs> um, but the, the young people are seeing now is that though they may be facing a giant despair, he is not undefeatable. He is defeatable by the promises of God. And the right. promises of God are with them. They are in them. They just have to speak them, believe them, and despair will flee from them. And, you know, we're on a mission to help these young people understand that there is hope. There is a future. Your life is worth something. It is so valuable that the king of heaven came and died, gave his life and rose again for you. And he would have done it if you were the only one here on this earth. And so, I mean, what's more valuable than that, that, that God himself would give himself for you. So we we're on the mission to do that. The puppet really helps us give that visual to them. And we didn't, again, like Aslan, you don't want it to feel like, uh, because when we feel despair, it's not something, yeah, it's, not silly. it's not silly. It's something that is formidable. We wanted despair to be formidable so that when he went down, you saw how more, much more formidable truth is. Wow. You know, cool. it's funny because it's not funny, but it's ironic. And it's Disney used to be like that. Disney used to be that good is going to overcome evil. And it had a clear markation of what was evil and what was good. I remember vintage Disney films and the wonderful world of Disney's, which which came on Sunday nights with Walt Disney. I guess I'm aging mm -hmm. myself or, or right now. But the fact is, is that Disney used to be that safe place for kids to come and be entertained, but also have this 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 philosophy, this joy of knowing that good always overcomes evil. And there was a clear um, definition of what is evil and what is good. And that's not the case with Disney anymore. You know? And it is, oh, it's so sad because then when you've trusted the brand for so long, it's very difficult to remove that from your lives when it's been such an intricate part of it. And for young people too, for us, what do they have? Like we can all say how much we, we don't like the way it's going. And, and it's like, we all feel that. And for our ministry, we're realizing God's raised us up for such a time as this, because if you take some of that away for our children, we all have young children what do we give them in its place? Yeah. What what do we replace it with that is actually something that still holds to those those values and still gives them that hope in this time? And so for us, we saw how why the Lord didn't just make us Logos Theater. He made us the Academy of Arts because we are a production company that is not just doing live productions. We're then doing films and cartoons and several different things that can meet them at audio dramas yeah. things that these young people can be take number one consuming and learning from but also taking part in there's one thing better than hearing a message it's becoming the message yeah. hmm. and if we can help these young people not just consume the message but digest it and become it that is discipleship and transformation yeah. and so we want to, why, why we will never just go to pros and hire pros, we will do the extra work to train regular young people to do this kind of thing. Like when I go to the Horse and His Boy at Museum of the Bible, I could just put in the budget, all these professional actors to come in and pay them 
But why I'm not doing that for that purpose. I am actually training up the next generation of communicators. Young kids who are what people would think are normal can do extraordinary things yeah. when taught this well yeah. and given a passion and a purpose. So now I've got a, an army of, of these people who are coming in to do Broadway-esque productions as far as rivaling that quality and their average people who who are just giving their communication that God has given them back to him and then God's using it to to make incredible things. So Horseman is boy like that that again Narnia really helped us show the world what the Academy of Arts had to offer. Until then we were not able to really show our chops in puppetry or in these other areas. And so praise God for that and for Museum of the Bible for bringing us in and giving us a national platform to say, look what's been happening in Taylor, South Carolina. Yeah. And we were preparing us on the backside of the desert because as you know, you're in it. This is no easy field to be in. So preparing us on the backside of the desert was actually very merciful of him and kind because we are heading into even more of the thick of it. And so the museum giving us that platform and then to watch families come in and just their faces are delighted. They are having such a great time. They're being blessed, they're crying, they're laughing. Their kids are like, their eyes are bigger than saucers. And you're going, all of this was produced by a belief in the truth of who God is. That's what he provides to your life. To me, man, I'll get up for anything to keep doing that. (laughs) I want to thank you so much, um, Nicole Stratton, Artistic Director, and Justin Swain, um, Puppet Master of Logos Theater. Um, You're going to be at the Museum of the Bible this summer. Um, Where else are you going to be? Well, what's really awesome is we'll be at the Museum of the Bible from the end of June all the way through the beginning of August. So they've got like 59 shows and but they're selling out all opening weekend we're almost about to start saying one of the shows is sold out they've got to get their tickets yeah i got mine i've got my tickets <laughs> yes we can't wait and the backstage pass i can't wait yes. to see your backstage pass <laughs> the cool thing too i'll tell you this real quick what museum's able to do because of their space we have a ton of memorabilia um things from the walden films and different things that and we have from our from BBC, um, like the Voyage of the Dawn Trader ship that you see in that first shot of Voyage of the Dawn Trader, we we own a lot of this memorabilia, the White Witch's Dress, the Wand, Caspian's Horn. Wow. And we're bringing that memorabilia up to be viewed. And then along with our world premiere stuff that we've done from Prince Caspian, the stage productions and Horseman's Voice. So people can not only see the show, they can make a whole event for their families of seeing this Narnia experience, where they'll interact with some costume characters and we'll be able to show them some really great stuff. And then we're heading off that. We're going to Branson, Missouri. We'll be in Branson, Missouri in December. So for Christmas, we're bringing the horse and his boy to Branson, Missouri. And, and that's a big undertaking. Freedom Encounter there has, has brought us in. And Compassion International is actually funding us to yeah. go there. And we are so excited to be bringing the horse and his boy to Branson. We've never been to Branson before, so we're excited. This is the first time. If you can imagine, we're, again, we're a Christian nonprofit, so we are not Broadway as far as having the funding. So be able to tour with shows like this. Yeah. Only Broadway does this level of touring shows. So we have had to navigate a path that has really not been navigated before yeah. for us in the Christian world. So, you know, prayers on that, but we we um, are thankful for Compassion and for um, Museum of the Bible for making this possible to take a giant show like this and tour with it um, has been amazing. So museum is 
as the forerunner. They were the first ones to do this and to bring us in and to say, look, and they're not done. We're partnering with them. Yep. They're bringing Caspian to the stage. Well, wow. they're bringing us to bring Caspian. We are literally doing a complete redesign of our set to fit into their space, and it is going to be epic. I mean, and you know that when trees come to life and fight in a battle, water gods explode bridges. I mean, C.S. Lewis is no short of creativity. Caspian <laughs> um, is going to be coming to their stage, and then we'll be doing probably um, several other Narnia epics there that can be done on their stage. So it's just the beginning of a really great partnership with Museum, and um, we're hoping it will be not only great for their work and what they're doing, but also to expose what the Academy of Arts has been doing now for 52 years. So I'm well, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited the work that you're doing. And I hope that people are equally as excited. The, the, the website where they can go to to find more information about tickets and about schedules, where, where, where do they find that? Yeah, that's that's two things. They can actually go to museumofthebible.org and that's where they can go on and they'll see about World Stage Theater there. They can click on tickets and buy their tickets there. They'll have all the options for them, which is great. And then you can actually go to um, thelogostheater.com and the, I'm going to actually give you another one. If you just go to theacademyofarts.org, that'll be easier because you'll see all of our touring um, stuff there. You'll see the things that are happening at the Logos Theater. So it would be museumofthebible.org and theacademyofarts.org. Um, so after we're at museum, you'll see the other things that we're doing down here in Taylor's and around the country. Um, but and, and two people can see how they can be involved. We're looking right now for auditioning people um, to be able to come on these tours and, and it's open for you know Christians who have ability in this. That you wanna go out and actually make a difference in this culture, let's do it together. Wow. All right. I want to thank you so much, Nicole Stratton and Justin Swain. Thank you so much for being on Lighthouse Faith Podcast. I am so excited about the work that you're doing. And I'm just going to pray that, you know, I know that you're going to do wonderful, wonderful things because I really do believe that God has raised you up for this purpose. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. Amazon Prime members can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music app or just hit the follow button on your favorite podcast player. And thank you all for listening to Lighthouse Faith Podcast. I'm Lauren Green. Have a blessed day. The world of business moves fast. Stay on top of it with the Fox Business Rundown every Monday and Friday. Listen to the Fox Business Rundown starting May 20th at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.